What's Shaking Fire Nation? JLD here with an audio masterclass on how Kim built a multi-million dollar fitness empire with no money, no following, and four young homeschooled kids. Now, who is Kim? Well, it's Kim Constable. She's a vegan yoga teacher turned competitive bodybuilder who has built a multi-million dollar fitness empire in just 18 months from her kitchen table while homeschooling those four kids. So Fire Nation, we're going to be talking about creating your first online course, doing the opposite of what everybody else is doing, and why being time-starved is actually beneficial when growing your business, the biggest mistakes that nearly all entrepreneurs make, and two traps to avoid at all costs when launching your business, and so much more when we get back from thanking our sponsors. When it comes to hiring, background checks are a must and TransUnion Shareable for Hires enables immediate access to employment screening tools that deliver reports in minutes. Start your on-demand screening at shareable.com slash fire and use code onfire50 at checkout to save 50% on your first screening. The biggest needle mover in my business, funnels. The software I use to build my funnels, Click funnels, no question. Visit eofire.com slash click to start your free 14-day trial today. That's eofire.com slash click. Kim, say what's up to Fire Nation and share something interesting about yourself that most people don't know. Hey, Fire Nation. I had this really um, strong urge to say it in like an American accent, which would be really <laughs> bad because I'm Irish. But uh, what's up is not a very Irish thing. But hey, Fire Nation, I'm so excited to be here. Um, something interesting most people don't know about me, probably that I probably have more parents than most people have aunts and uncles, given that all of my parents have been married at least three times, step parents included. Wow. I did not know that. So I'm sure most people in Fire Nation it did not know that. It makes family gatherings very interesting. My mom will sometimes say, all my husbands are here tonight. And uh, we all get together. It's actually quite fun. It's like one great big family, but people are always shocked when they realize all how many parents I have. my husbands are here tonight. You are in the making of a reality TV show, Kim. People do tell me that. <laughs> well, Fire Nation, we're going to be talking today about how Kim built this multi-million dollar fitness empire, again, with no money, no following, and four young homeschooled kids. So let's just kind of maybe give Fire Nation a little background here on how you went from never having stepped foot into a gym to owning the world's largest online vegan bodybuilding company in less than three years. Break that down for us. Well, I mean, obviously I had stepped foot in the gym, but it was normally walking through it to get to the yoga room, to be <laughs> honest. So I I actually was a, a yoga teacher um, for many, many years. And so obviously I had been in many gyms. I lifted weights sporadically over the years, as you do, mostly use the cardio machines. But I had never actually um, trained, you know, with any seriousness before. But I had always loved muscles. It was always something that I had aspired to have after seeing, you know, Linda Hamilton and Terminator 2, like mm. many young teenage girls who fell in love with muscles around the same time. A lot of people say to me, you know, you had me at Linda Hamilton whenever I tell the story. <laughs> so it's it's definitely a thing amongst women my age. But yeah, I um it's funny, I, I started, you know, like probably like many entrepreneurs, I I owned and, you know, tried and failed at many businesses over the years, mostly bricks and mortar businesses or service based businesses, obviously online really only exploded within the last 10 years. 
And I remember um, the last company I owned before I got into the online sphere was a, a, a multicultural children's program, which I had started just before I found out I was pregnant with my fourth child. And after he was born, I was trying to run the business. It was wildly busy. I mean, it was it was one of the most you know stressful times of my life, I have to be honest. And I remember one day just sinking to my knees in the hall. I was trying to get all the kids out to tennis because, of course, you know, we, we, I wasn't busy enough homeschooling for young children. They had to have <laughs> lots of extracurricular activities. So I'm trying to get them all out the door to tennis. And I remember, you know, I, I was trying to move them and they just wouldn't go. And I remember just sinking to my knees and starting to cry. And I, it just came crashing down. And they all you know, were, were gathering around me and patting me and saying, Mommy, are you OK? Like they'd never seen me cry before. And I realized in that moment, John, I thought, I can't do this anymore. Mm. Something has to give. I can't run this business and do what I need to do with the children and take care of the house. And, you know, I can't be superwoman. And and it was then I kind of forayed a little bit into um, the world of online marketing very unsuccessfully, I have to add. Um, I, unsuccessfully is like if you're, you know, if if your measurement is making money, I, I did nothing but but lose it. My husband actually, when I started this business, he said, finally, a business that actually makes money. Because over <laughs> the years, I did nothing but lose money. But it was a great learning curve for me because I learned an awful lot about online businesses um, and then, you know, years later, whenever I, I, you know, for seven years, I basically tried and failed to make it online and um, failed more than succeeded. And it was only then when I got into bodybuilding um, that I was able to, I was like, aha, all those years were not wasted because I was finally able to take everything I had learned in those seven years of trying and failing, apply it to bodybuilding and finally make a success of it. And so Obviously, there was a lot more involved than just, you know, applying the learning that I had had over the last seven years. But I think that that really was the sweet spot for me. It was it was having those years of failure, if you like, but, you know, of, of learning everything there is to know really about, you know, trying to succeed online and really being able to take that and and, and apply, put those two things together, my passion and my knowledge which then, and, and obviously with, on a rising market, I mean, I can't pretend it was just, it was all me. Veganism has been described as the biggest civil rights movement since the abolition of sl slavery. So on a rising market, on a rising tide, I was able to, you know, kind of spot a gap in the market, go for it, invest a lot of time, energy, and borrowed money into it. And yeah, within within three years, we actually, I actually only opened my doors officially well. I kind of launched a beta test of the program three years ago, but we really only opened our doors properly 18 months ago. And we we now have we sold seven and a half thousand programs last year, and in my combined network we have about three hundred thousand people, which is the largest vegan online bodybuilding company in the world. Wow, I mean that's a powerful story, Fire Nation, and I do love that phrase. You know that all ships will rise in a high tide. But the biggest key that Kim did, and this is something that I was actually fortunate enough to do as well, is. Listen, back in 2012, podcasting wasn't what it is today. And I was able to kind of get ahead of that wave and then ride it as it's crested now. And so when you can get into something a little bit early, especially when it's a micro niche, and then be at the forefront of it, it's that first mover's advantage that's so key, so critical. Now, of course, I wasn't the first person to podcast. That was back in 2004. Kim wasn't the first person to talk about you know veganism and bodybuilding within that. But you know she was early. I was early. And so how can you be early? Because I'm all about discovering niches. I mean, especially micro niches. So how did you, Kim, discover this unserviced niche by accident? My sister, believe it or not, um, 
is my sisters are, are all gorgeous. I have two of them. Um, we're all very close in age. Um, but my middle sister has, she always trained in the gym. I was always the yogi and she was always the one who, who did the bodybuilding. And because she's so naturally athletic and has a very natural stage bikini, I, I compete in bikini. Well, actually, I'm having to move up a category whenever I, if I do compete again because I'm too muscular now. But she, when I, she, the guys in the gym that she used to train with kind of talked her into doing a bikini competition. And it was kind of against her will. She was not against her will, but she was like, oh, I don't know whether I want to. But they've said it's going to be easy and maybe I should. And as she started to train and I started to watch her body transform, I remember looking at her and thinking, oh, my God, she looks amazing. And I want that. You know, I remember being so jealous, or not jealous of her, but I remember like posting pictures of her, being so proud of her, posting pictures on my social media. Look at my sister. And she would message me and say, take that down right now. Don't <laughs> let people see that. You know, I was like, why would you not want the world to see this? This is amazing. You know, like you should be so proud of what you've achieved. And I realized in that moment that I actually wanted to compete at some point. I was like, I would love to do this. But of course, John, I was looking at my body going, I'm, I don't even, I don't even train in the gym. How am I gonna, you know, I, I always told myself it was going to take too long. It was going to be too much effort, you know, all those things that, you know, I really, really, really want this, but it's just, you know, I, I recognize that I think a lot of people think that you can make money online really quickly, but I think when it comes to something, which is actually isn't true by the way, which you and I know, which we'll talk about in a second. Yeah. But, um, I think that, People are, are more realistic about how long it takes to potentially build muscle, to change your body in that way, because that's real data that we have, you know, over the years, you know, we, we know how long it takes to lose body fat. We know how long it takes to build muscle. So I had this secret desire and what happened was there was one day I walked past the mirrors in my yoga room. I had a little yoga studio at home. It's actually now in my office. I'm sitting in it at the minute, believe it or not. So it's now, it's turned into my office now. And uh, I walked past the mirrors and it was April and the sun was streaming in through the window. And as you do when the sun is streaming in through the window and you're 37 years of age and you're wearing a thong, I, I turned around to examine my butt in the mirror because uh, it's always been something I haven't liked about myself. You know, there's there's a lot of talk about my butt, by the way, these days, which there always <laughs> is in bodybuilding. But um, I, I kind of turned around and I, to examine it in the mirror and I... I looked at it and as the sun was streaming in, I realized that I was 37 and it certainly everything was starting to go south. It was not going to go north ever again. <laughs> and I looked at it and I thought my go-to up until that point to change my body had always been to lose body fat. And, but I looked at myself, I was already quite lean because I was teaching 14 hours of yoga a week. And I thought I can't, I was, I was eating very, very few calories, like maybe 1400 calories a day. On, always on a semi-starvation diet. And I looked at my butt in the mirror and I thought, I can't lose any more weight. If I lose any more weight, that's going to get saggier. And I had this epiphany moment. Like, it's weird to say you had an epiphany about your butt, but I really did. That, <laughs> that was it. That's what it was for me. And I looked and I thought, the only way I can change that is if I fill that up with muscle. Because it's like, you know, have you ever heard the quote, like, there comes a point in a woman's life where she has to choose between her butt and her face? <laughs> it's like, you know, and it's true, you know, you if you're, if you're lean, you may, you're going to have more wrinkles in your face. It's the same thing with your butt. If you're leaner and you have no, nothing, no body fat there to support it, you know, everything is going to go wrinklier. So I went on, on the internet that day and I downloaded a program, a three-month program, and I started it in the gym the next day. I was like, that's it. I'm starting in the gym the next day. And that that then led for me to train for maybe two or three months. I was training quite seriously. I saw my body change quite quickly because I was already a vegan and I knew an awful lot about nutrition. I owned a detox yoga company and I ran a lot of workshops. 
So I, I hired a trainer and I said to him, you know, I, I think I want to compete in a bikini competition because I was, you know, inspired by my sister. And he said, well, that's a great goal because, you know, he, I found one specifically who trained bikini athletes. And, I, and he said, that's a fantastic goal, you know. And I said, but, you know, I said, I'm a vegan. Do you know how to train vegans? And he said, uh, no. Mm. <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay. And he said, but I'm sure I can find out. And I said, look, don't worry about it. I know an awful lot about nutrition. I can figure it out myself. It's no problem if you can just give me the basis of macros and calories and, you know, that kind of stuff. I'll, I'll figure out the rest. So anyway, I came home that particular day and I thought to myself, there's, you know what? I'm not, I can't be bothered to figure this out for myself. I don't care what it costs me. I'm just going to buy whoever has the program online that will teach women, you know, in their kind of 30s, early 40s, whatever, to to, you know, step on stage as a, as an athlete, as a bikini athlete, I'm just going to buy their program. I'm just going to follow it, do exactly as they say, and I'm going to step on stage. So I went online and I typed into Google, you know, vegan bikini athlete program, nothing. Oh, uh, vegan bodybuilding program, nothing. I was, I was like, hang on a second here. So I just kept doing different search terms and I realized there was nobody servicing that niche. There were some vegan bodybuilders, you know, there's other vegan kind of um, vegan women out there who are, who have online programs, but it was very much a coaching program. It was like, join my eight week coaching program. We only open once a year, you know, on this date. And I was like, no, that's not what I want. I want something that's going to give me the blueprint that I can follow step by step. Cause I'm, I'm like a really, if you give me the blueprint, I'll follow it. You know, I'm, I'm a great soldier that way. And it didn't exist. And I, of course, then I started going ding, 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 ding. And I was thinking, hang on, there's, there's nobody here has a scalable business model teaching. And I thought, if I'm searching for this, you can bet your bottom dollar. There's thousands of other women searching for this information. So that is, that's how I discovered an unserviced niece, like quite by accident. It was really just because, you know, I couldn't find anyone here, certainly in Belfast, which is a tiny little town in, in the North of Ireland. Couldn't find anyone here. He was a vegan bodybuilder and there was nobody online offering what I wanted, what I needed. There were books and things you could purchase, but no specific plan, John. So I decided to create one. In Fire Nation, you've heard this story, but I went to iTunes to search for that daily podcast interviewing entrepreneurs back in 2011, and it didn't exist. So I created it. And Kim went and searched Google, you know, which is a much bigger directory, like a million X times the size directory for what she was looking for. It didn't exist. Light bulbs went off. She created it. So what is that thing in this world that you want that doesn't exist? Why not be that person to fill that void, to fill that need? niche. And that's what Kim's done. I tell you, John, as well, my sister actually did exactly the same thing. Whoa. I know it's a little off topic, but my sister created a, a, a created a baby chair where the baby lies on its belly because her, her son had really bad colic when he was younger, undiagnosed silent reflux. She searched for a baby chair where he would be able to lie on his belly at an angle where she wouldn't have to hold him all the time and sleep with him on her chest. Didn't exist. Took her 12 years to bring it to what? the market. But they reckon that her company will sell in the next couple of years for around 50 million pounds. That's a lot of dollars. <laughs> That's insane. She's all over the world now. She's in America, all over the United Arab Emirates. Let's give her a company. shout out. What's the name? It's called Babokush, B-A-B-O-C-U-S-H, Babokush. I mean, it's enormous. She doesn't even run the company anymore. It's it's. She's gone into partnership with one of the dragons from the Dragon's Den and it's, you know. Oh, that's like our version of Shark Tank Fire Nation. Yes, it is. So like, so 12 years it took her to, to, to bring it from the idea wow. to the prototype to get it to market. Fire Nation, 
a lot of people follow the Pied Piper in this online marketing world. I mean, they just see people doing something and they copy what works. And listen, we're all standing upon the shoulders of giants. Like you want to learn from those who have come before you. But what I love about Kim is that she actually had success with her first online course by doing the opposite of what everybody else was doing. Talk about that, Kim. Yeah, you know, I, I'm a bit of a rebel, Joan. I have to be honest. <laughs> and I think it's in my blood. If I'm honest, I, I'm the youngest of three children. And I grew up being told, don't do that. Don't say that. Be quiet. Shh, sit down. Don't, do don't be so loud. Don't dance in public. Kim, shh. Oh, Kim, oh, she's doing it again. You know, like my sisters are only, were three and three years. So I was always being told to shush, be quiet. Don't talk so much. Sit down. And so I, I learned very young that, um, that what they said didn't matter. And actually, if you did the opposite, nothing bad happened. So I think, and I also just grew up very defiant. I grew up saying, you will not tell me what to do. So I think kind of my natural defiance, you know, is a good thing in some ways, because it makes me, you know, entrepreneurial, <laughs> bad, my husband would say, natural defiance, not so much of a good thing. But, um, or my mother would have said it years ago. But I think I was very naturally defiant. So I I, I found this book years ago, whenever I was actually, um, I think it was I was in my 20s, it was recommended to me by somebody in um, in college after I graduated and it's called Blue Ocean Strategy. I don't know whether you've ever heard of it or not. Mm -mm. An amazing book. Um, and Blue Ocean Strategy and basically it uses many, many case studies, but the main case study that it uses is um, Cirque du Soleil. It teaches you how to look at a market and study all the different points of the market. Like, so for Cirque du Soleil, for example, whenever Cirque du Soleil was, you know, coming, whenever they were designing Cirque du Soleil, what they basically did was they looked at the market and they said, okay, circuses, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a dead, it's a dead market. You know, they're, they're done. Nobody's really going to them anymore. You know, they're, they're old and, you know, and they run always on the same kind of format. They thought, how can we create a circus that's completely different to the regular circus? So they, they, what they they did was they took lots of different touch points throughout the whole experience, such as, you know, music, um, you know, price of tickets, uh, the acts, would there be, you know, animals, all this kind of stuff. So they looked at, you know, and the venue that would be held at, they looked at all the different touch points of that experience and they plotted them on a graph from high to low. So price, pretty low price, use of animals, very high, it features highly, you know, venue, well, it's a dirty old tent with some sawdust on the floor. They don't really feature venue very high, customer touch points, you know, high, high touch customer service. They looked at all these points and they said, they, they said they created the opposite on the graph. So they said, well, they charge it. We're going to charge high. They have animals. We're not going to have any animals. They, you know, don't put a lot of importance on venue. We're going to put loads of importance on venue. So they basically plotted on the graph, the opposite of everything that the traditional circuses were doing. And they created a completely and utterly unique product called Cirque du Soleil, which we all know is enormously successful worldwide. So I read this book and I thought, oh, this is amazing. Like this is totally like this, this speaks to me. So whenever I created my first yoga workshop, I was creating a detox yoga workshop um, for around 60 people. They were very successful. I had about 120 people a month come through my workshops. And whenever I looked at them, I thought, well, I've been to loads of yoga workshops. And what are, you know, and I did the same thing. I plotted the graph. What are all the things that they place importance on? You know, and I looked at the music and the, you know, the yoga workout and the the, the instructors and what they were wearing and, and the, the customer service and the follow-up and did they sell anything afterwards and all the different things. And I created a completely unique experience in my yoga workshop. And people would come to my workshops and they would say, that is like nothing I've ever been to before. <laughs> 
And I was like, woo, my work here is done. So whenever I was creating the Sculpted Vegan program, I, I, I did exactly the same thing. I've done it for every single program I've ever created. I sit down and I plan out, I have a big piece of paper and I plan out a graph, high to low on the left. And then all, I name all of the different, you know, touch points um, along the bottom. And whenever I was creating the Sculpted Vegan program, I said, well, okay, so let's look at most fitness programs. How long are they? eight to 12 weeks on average. I thought, okay. So, you know, they don't place a lot of importance on time. I thought, well, do they have a member's area? No. You know, do they provide excellent customer service and admins? No. Do they place a lot of, you know, emphasis? So I looked at everything that they placed emphasis on and I plotted the Sculpted Vegan to be exactly the opposite. I went for a 12-month program. Nobody, I don't even know anyone else still to this day that has a 12-month program. I know loads of people and anywhere in the fitness world, John, not even just in vegan, but I don't know any other online fitness person who has a 12 month program, except me. So, and I was like, look at price. Okay. Most of them are charging hundred dollars, $150. I'm going to charge a thousand dollars. So I, you know, I looked at all the different points, members area, you know, admins, you know, team, you know, follow-up service, you know, how nurturing I would be with everybody. And I looked at every single point of the program and I created something completely and utterly the opposite of what everyone else was doing, which makes my program still to this day, completely unique. Fire Nation, what is your blue ocean strategy? I mean, if you are just doing the same thing as everybody else, you're going to be like that girl like screaming into the wind, like nobody's going to hear you because you're going to be drowned out by all of that noise that's out there. And if you think Kim is done dropping value bombs, you are incorrect, Fire Nation, because we got some more stuff coming up after we get back from thanking our sponsor. The biggest needle mover in my business, funnels. They've allowed me to do so much, like deliver free courses to my audience, resulting in tens of thousands of leads. They've also helped me present live masterclasses to teach thousands of others of how to create and launch their own podcasts, and they've helped me generate millions of dollars in sales. But I couldn't have done any of it as effectively as I have without the right software to help. ClickFunnels. With ClickFunnels, you can build sales funnels without a programmer and without knowing any code. And these sales funnels walk your visitors through the sale in a way that maximizes your conversions and earnings. And the great thing about ClickFunnels is that it's not just your funnel building editor, it's also your shopping cart, your email autoresponder, your membership software, your affiliate management software, and so much more. Join over 90,000 entrepreneurs who are actively using ClickFunnels to easily get their products and their message out to the world. Visit eofire.com slash click to start your free 14-day trial today. That's eofire.com slash click. As a small business, making great hires is critical to your success, and when it comes to hiring, background checks are a must-have. Unlike big companies with big HR departments, small businesses may not have the resources to manage background checks or easily access screening tools. But now there is TransUnion Shareable for Hires, an online employment screening service built specifically to help small businesses quickly screen applicants with reliable data from a trusted source. With traditional screening services, you might wait days or even weeks to get results, but with Shareable for Hires, you'll get immediate access to powerful employment screening tools that enable you to fast track your hiring process so that you can get back to business. Within minutes, you'll receive reports from TransUnion containing critical information about an applicant's credit history and criminal background. The reports you receive are compliant with state and federal consumer reporting laws. It's free to sign up, no hidden fees, and reports start as low as $35. Start your on-demand 
on-demand screening at shareable.com slash fire and use code onfire50 at checkout to save 50% on your first screening. TransUnion Shareable for Hires, helping small businesses make big decisions. So Kim, we're back and we are entrepreneurs. We make mistakes. We're human beings. We make mistakes. I mean, every single day we're doing something that could be construed upon as a mistake. But talk to us about what you think the biggest mistake that almost every entrepreneur makes and how or what we can do instead. You know, I see this every day, John. Um, And I think that I first became probably aware of this many years ago. I was listening to a interview with Robert Kawasaki, you know, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Mm. And Robert was telling a story about how a girl had come to him at an event that he was speaking at promoting one of his, his new books. And there was obviously a queue of people, you know, snaking around wherever it was he was, he was giving the talk and he was signing books and she came up to him and she said, you know, can I just ask your advice really quickly? And he said, sure, what is it? And she said, you know, I, I've written, you know, I've been writing for years and I'm a writer and I really admire what you've done. And I've written, you know, this amazing, you know, book and it's been published. And and I just I, I just don't know what to do because I, you know, I, I really want to get, you know, more people reading it. And I think that, if you know, it really would would spread if I could just get it out there. You know, what, what do you think I should do? And he said, well, I would definitely go down to the local you know, university or college or whatever, and I would enroll in a selling course and I would learn how to sell and how to market. And I would spend the next year really focusing on that. And she interrupted him. She said, no, no, but you don't understand. She said, I'm, I'm not a salesperson. I'm a writer. And he pointed to the book and he said, do you see what it says on the front of the book? And she said, what? And he said, it doesn't say Robert Kawasaki, best writing author. It says Robert Kawasaki, best selling author. She said, if you don't know how to sell, you're never going to be successful. doesn't matter how well you write. If you can't sell, you will literally be in a dead-end writing job for the rest of your life. And I remember listening to that and I thought, oh, wow, it's so powerful because I was stuck in the rut. I think that many entrepreneurs get stuck in, which is, you know, we love to create. I love to create. My, my, my favorite time is when I'm creating a new program and I'm creating a new one at the minute, which we're releasing in June. And I'm so mm. excited about it. And I get so fired up about creating new programs. And I remember whenever I, you know, was foraying in the online world, and I used to get so excited to say to my husband, this one's going to be the big one. You have no idea. Like, this is amazing. <laughs> I, like, I just know it. I can feel it in my bones. It's I, the way I've written it. And it's so clever the way I've put it together and people are going to love it. And he would say, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I'll, you know, believe it when I see it. And, um, and so, but then of course, then what would happen is I would, I would, you know, release it to my very small audience. And then we would have a little flurry of sales. I'd be like, Ooh, look, you see all these people are buying it. It's going to be so successful. <laughs> and then the sales would stop because your little network of people who buy everything that you put out have bought it and you don't have a wider reach than that. And so I think that it hit really hit home with me when I heard it because I thought, this is my problem. This is what I do. I, I, and then I, of course, then I did what everybody do, does after that happens. I started to create a new program because obviously it wasn't, it was the program's fault or it was maybe it's the next program is going to make the, it was be the, big, the big one or the next one's going to be the big one. So I just got into this, this rut of creating new programs and I never really learned how to sell. And so whenever then I started with the Sculpted Vegan, I always, always remember that lesson. And I thought, if I don't learn how to sell this program, if I don't create it, stop when I'm proud of it and then and then just focus all my time, energy, and effort into selling it, it's never going to be successful. And I remember somebody saying years ago, I think it was a girl called Sheree McConnell I used to follow, and she said, 
you know, you will put as much effort into marketing a $49 product as you will a $1,449 product. <laughs> True. You're never going to put any less effort into marketing it. So you may as well price it well and learn to sell. And I, and I never forgot it. And I think that that is the mistake that many many entrepreneurs make. Like they come to me, I was talking to a girl recently and she said, oh, you know, I said, oh, how did the launch of your program go? And she said, oh, it went really well. Like I made 12,000 in sales. And I said, wow, that's amazing. She doesn't have a list or anything. She just has a following on Instagram. And she said, that's amazing. I said, congratulations. I said, you know, what are you going to do now? And she said, well, I don't know. I think I'm going to create like the second version of the program. And I said, what do you mean the second version? She said, you know, like the, the follow-on version. And I said, why, why on earth would you do that? I said, there's a whole world of people who haven't even heard of the first one yet. Why would you? But she was saying, I have no time and it's going to take so much effort and I don't know how I'm going to do it. And I said, why would you, why would you even do that? Like to me, that's, that's ludicrous that you would create a second version without fully selling the first version. And I think it says, it is something I see all the time. People come to me and they say, you know, Oh, what can I, what can I do? How can I be successful? How can I do what you've done? And I say to them, learn to sell, learn to sell, find a funnel that works for you and put all of your effort into making it the best that it can be. But if you don't sell what you've created, you're never going to be successful. And that is the biggest mistake I see that entrepreneurs make. Fire Nation, I mean, we're still selling Podcasters Paradise six years later. Because why? Because just like Kim said, I mean, there's still more people for us to get this program in front of. And guess what? There are more people that are turning into our potential clients every single day that are saying, oh, I think I might start a podcast. And they weren't having those thoughts in 2013 and 2015 and 2017, but they are in 2019 and 2020 and beyond. And when we have when we have a great program, when you create a great program, Fire Nation, you have to be a salesman. You have to be a saleswoman. You have to focus on selling that product. If you believe it in your heart of hearts, it's an obligation. Like you shouldn't be like, oh, but I don't like selling. Well, if you don't really like selling, then you should really be checking your pulse on what it is you're selling. I get that you don't like selling something you don't believe in, but if you don't like selling what you've created, then look in your heart of hearts, look in your gut and your heart and your soul and ask yourself, do I really love, do I really believe in the value of what I've created here? And if the answer truly is yes, then you know that you have an obligation to get that out there to the world. Then you're gonna be excited to share with people to change their lives. And if you don't really have that feeling, then it's time to double back on that and create something that you really are proud and excited about. And what it comes down to, Kim, when people are launching their business, there are just traps everywhere. I mean, it's like walking through a minefield. You don't know what you're going to step on next. Share two traps that we can avoid at all costs when launching our business. Yes, these I have to say, even as you were talking about the traps, I thought, well, there's two that immediately spring mm. to mind that I, that I see everyone do. And they're, they're panic traps that um, a lot of new people um, fall into, which actually completely destroy, not destroys their business, but hurts them greatly in the beginning. And the first one I would definitely say is that they slash prices. I, I saw this recently with, um, it's not somebody that I know personally, but it was somebody I was, I was discussing a person with another person. They, they came to me for advice and they said, you know, I have this client and and I don't know what to do because he, you know, he he has this amazing business and he's setting up this great funnel and, you know, and he didn't make as much as he thought he would in his launch. And 
he, you know, he wants to slash the price. And I said, no, tell him not to slash the price. I said, it's totally worth what he's charging for it. I said, it's probably worth more, but it's a really good price to bring to market. And he said, no, nobody's, he's convinced that if he just, you know, slashes the price, he'll make more sales. I said, well, he may initially, I said, but he'll completely devalue his program. And I said, that would be my advice. I wouldn't, you know, I definitely wouldn't, um, wouldn't do it. But of course, um, you know, I think that you have to let people make their mistakes. And this guy slashed his prices. He did make a flurry of sales, but now, unfortunately, his prices only his his program is only worth half mm. of what it. You know, because how can you, in your in your right mind or in all honesty, ask someone to pay the original price whenever you have sold so many of them at the half price? So I think that I think that it's a it's a mistake that many rookies make is that they they slash prices. It was the same with me whenever I was you know I was I was trying to figure out what to to charge for the sculpted vegan program. You know, it's a 12 month program. And in my heart of hearts, I was thinking, I know that it's worth a thousand dollars. You know, it's a 12 month payment plan of $97 a month, or this is kind of my, you know, I have many programs now, but this was the first one that I launched the signature one. And I thought, you know, what is anyone really going to pay 997? I remember talking to my husband about it and I said, what do you think? And he said, 997 for a fitness program. Like, do you, he said, what about, you know, 497? And I said, I know, I said, but I truly think that there is a market out there for 997. And 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 I just thought, no, do you know what? I'm just going to strap on a pair of big kahunas and I'm just going to charge 997 <laughs> for it. And if nobody, because I, I knew, John, it would be very difficult to raise the price, but lowering the price is easy. But I thought, you know, I'm, I'd rather go in higher and reduce the price than go in lower and then try to, and then regret it, you know, which is what I thought I would do. Um, and my God, like we sold 1600 programs last year. So, you know, it $97 a month when you break it down is less than the cost of a personal trainer twice a month here in Belfast anyway. So it's really, really, really inexpensive. But I think that that's the biggest mistake they make. First of all, as they slash their prices, the second mistake that they make, which I made with my first online um, program, which actually was a yoga detox. I took my yoga detox company and I, I, I put it online, but I made the fatal mistake of not learning how to sell it. And then I made the second mistake of slashing the price. <laughs> so I was actually giving it away. Now we charge $500 for it, but I was actually selling it for $49. Whoa. That's how much I slashed the price to just to make the sales because uh, I was so desperate to sell it. You know, I think that's the problem. We get so desperate to sell it because it, it, it proves something about us, right? You know, it means that we are successful, you know, and we, and we just think that we can get those initial customers in the door at the lower price then you know, we can make more money and we can invest more money and it doesn't work that way. It really doesn't work that way in my experience. So um, I, I made the mistake with my first yoga program whenever I created it, I tried to give them everything. There were 80 plus yoga videos and there was a download that literally was like war and peace that took you, you know, like <laughs> five days to read. And there was, you know, a whole section on fats and saturated fats and polyunsaturated fats and monounsaturated fats that literally a scientist would have been proud of. And, you know, I just, I, I forgot that most People coming into a program are completely new to the information and all they want is for it to be simple. People's lives are complicated enough. And I think it's Donald Miller from StoryBrand. He always talks about you don't want people to have to expend any extra calories to digest what your marketing message or your program or whatever. And I always remembered him saying that, that, you know, you, you want people to expend the fewest calories possible to be able to digest and use your information. And I certainly gave away far too much information. Not gave away far too much information for the price, but just overwhelmed people with information. So they really weren't sure, well, which yoga should I be doing? And which one is the best? You know, because they always want to choose the best. They always want to say, well, I've only got like 60 minutes. Which one is the best? And they don't want four choices. They want to be told, 
if you've got 60 minutes, do this. If you've got 30 minutes, do this. If you've got 10 minutes, do this. That's what we have now, three choices. And are those choices, will they give them the benefits? Absolutely, 100%. They don't need a choice of four, you know, and nor do they need it. They don't want it. And I think that, you know, it, it takes someone who really has mastered something to be able to distill it to the lowest common denominator. I think that is what people, many inexperienced people, certainly what I did in the beginning too, you know, what, like, if you think about it, if you, if you had something wrong with you and you had to go to a doctor, um, say a specialist, you want him to explain your disease to you in very simple terms and the ability to be able to explain it in very simple terms in a way you understand makes you trust them more and makes you believe in them more and believe in their expertise more because they can simplify it for you. And the reason they can simplify it is because they have such a deep understanding of it. And I think that that's what many people miss. They they don't realize that actually the people who have achieved mastery over something and who are the best teachers and the most knowledgeable are actually the ones who can make it the most simple and have the confidence to make it. People come to me for bodybuilding, John, all the time. And they go, oh, but what about nutrient timing and supplements? And when should I take this? And can you tell me about anabolic versus catabolic? And what about the 30-minute rule? And should I take it? And I go, no, 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 listen, listen. I'm going to give you the secret to, to sculpting the most amazing body. Are you ready? And they go, yes, pen and paper poised. <laughs> And I'm like, get up every day, go to the gym, lift to failure in your final set and do that consistently for at least three years. And they go, but, but no, no, but, but what about the food? Food doesn't matter. But, but what about cardio? Should it be fast? It doesn't matter. Just do it whenever it suits you. But, but what about, and they want to know like, but you know, it must be more complicated. It's really not. It just takes a lot longer than you're prepared for, you know, but so you, it, but being able to break it down into that simplest part with the utmost confidence is actually what sets you apart from the crowd. So simplify your message, simplify your programs, simplify your writing or whatever it is that you're offering people are creating and make it as simple as possible. And take, it's, it's almost like they say, what is it? Was it Bruce Lee said? It's not, it's not what you can add to something. It's what you can take away. You know, you, you must keep taking away and taking away and taking away and taking away until it has reached the lowest common denominator that it can reach in order to deliver the information effectively. And then you have the perfect program. And also Bruce Lee's great quote of, I'm not afraid of the man who has practiced 10,000 kicks one time, but has practiced one kick 10,000 times. 10,000 times. Exactly. Have you heard of David Beckham? Of Bend course. Beckham? Of course. You know how he got so good at bending it like Beckham? He did it 10,000 times. Yeah, he used to go to the park with his with his dad and there was a broken window in the corner in a, in an old building in the corner of the park and he had to he had to um kick the ball up and over a fence at a curve in order to get it in through the window. <laughs> and he made it his mission in life to be able to to nail that kick every single time and he literally went there every day and practiced that kick and that's how he got so good at bending the ball, bend it like Beckham. Fire Nation two traps. Don't slash your prices. When we launched Podcasters Paradise back in 2013, it was 250 bucks. What's happened over the past seven years? Um, we've improved it every single day, every single week, every single month. So we've increased the price of it over time because the value has increased over time. So you don't want to go in that opposite direction. And don't overwhelm people with information. Kiss. Keep it super simple. Keep a super simple fire nation. That's going to make it happen. So Kim, let's end on this. The number one reason most people don't make it big. Break it down for us. You're not going to like it. 
<laughs> I'm not going to like it or Fire Nation's not going to like it. Well, they're probably not going to like it. Um, you know, I I preach it every single day. We do a, a live Q&A in my program. I do a live Q&A every week in, in my main Sculpted Vegan program. And I end with the same lesson every single week, you know, and I always manage to bring one of the questions around to this particular lesson, which is basically, I think Seth Godin talks about it in his, in his book, The Dip. And that, that was a really profound book for me years ago, reading it. And the, the, the single, the thing that most people aren't prepared for is how long it's going to take. And I know that that you're like, oh, I thought she was going to say something more interesting than that. It's so cliche. <laughs> and it's not even that it that it it's going to take so long. We have a um we have a curve like a, a curve that we use like a diagram we use inside the program. And I I use this all the time to try and demonstrate to people, you know, what what happens is like it I. I don't even know who owns it. It's not mine. So I can't give it credit, but it's almost like we, we start something, you know, and I see, and I can only use kind of fitness programs as an example, because I see it every day. So somebody will join, you know, say, um, beach body, or I don't even know, I hear these names, but I don't even know what the programs are. So they'll join like beach body and they'd be like, yeah, I'm so excited. And they have this thing where they're so excited about beach body and they, and they download the programs and they, they get a gym membership and they start it and they, and then they, they start it. And then, and then as they do it a little bit more, a little bit more, and the excitement wears off, boom, they fall into the dip. And suddenly what was exciting is now work. And they go, mm, I don't know that I really like it. I don't think it's really working. I'm not seeing the changes fast enough. I thought I was going to have like a flat tummy by now. And they make all these excuses and whatever. And so instead of just like foraging through the dip to get to the other side, they climb back out again and they go, oh, a beach body wasn't for me. I don't know, maybe, maybe this program over here. And then they jump sideways to another program and then they fall into the dip and it becomes work again. And instead of going through the work and just leaning into the work, then they climb back out and then they jump to another program. And so the problem is, John, they never actually get to their destination because the fastest way to get to your destination, unfortunately, is to wade through the dip, to wade through you know, the, the, like it, it's gonna be work. It doesn't matter whether you're building a perfect body. It doesn't matter whether you are starting an online business. It doesn't matter like you're, whether you're like my sister and you're developing a prototype for, you know, an actual physical product. You're going to reach a point where it's going to look like, feel like, and sound like work because it is work. And the, the pain begins. It's like in bodybuilding, the, once the pain begins, the work starts. Everything up until your sixth rep of your fourth set is just is just tiring the muscle. It's just pre-exhausting the muscle. There's no muscle growth happens in those sets, none whatsoever. You're just pushing the muscle to do what it can already do. It's only when it starts to hurt, when you start to hit failure and you think, I can't go on, I can't do this, this is too sore. It's like, now the work begins. And that those, the muscle only grows in those last four um, those last four reps of the final set. And many people don't know that. And so it's like a bodybuilding lesson here as well as a business one. So, <laughs> but it is true. And that is where the work starts. When the pain starts, that's when the work starts. And that's when you're getting close. And unfortunately, too many people give up. But you know, John, society is set up in such a way that it it wants we it wants people to give up. You know, it's like the reason why there's there's not, you know, there's like 30,000 pe people enter pre-med school every year, but only... 1,000 doctors actually graduate is because not many make it through medical school because it's just too hard. They just decide it's just too hard. It's the same with being an actuary. It's the same with being, you know, getting to be a clerk in the Supreme Court. It's, you know, there's 42,000 people graduate every year and only 36 clerks 
actually make it through. That's because it's that, you know, that's why there's not very many CEOs because not very many people are willing to spend 25 years and all the sacrifices that come with it to become a CEO of a Fortune 500 company with all the perks that it entails. That's why a man on the cover of a magazine with washboard abs sells more magazines because if everybody had washboard abs, nobody would buy the magazine to find out how to do it. (laughs) So you have to be willing to to master something, to be like you were just saying, you know, the the, the 10,000, one kick performed 10,000 times. You have to be willing to go through the slog to do the work, to lean into the work to get to the other side because it's the only way to get there. It's the shortcut. There is no long way around. It's the only way to get there. And I see too many people, especially online entrepreneurs, they start off so enthusiastic and then they give up whenever it begins to look like work, which is fine. I actually think it's better to quit. I think it's better to quit than to get stuck in a dead end. If you're never going to make it, I think it's better to quit and move on to something else that you can make it in than to, you know, like I was never going to make it big in yoga. Um, and I, so I quit yoga and I became a bodybuilder. And if I had have stayed with yoga and kept, you know, thrashing these $49 programs, I would have just been stuck in a dead end. But I, I decided to quit yoga and people were like, oh my God, you're quitting yoga? And I was like, yeah. And they were really shocked. And I was like, it's like, it's not going anywhere. And it's truly not where my passion lies. My passion is actually over here, I've discovered. And so, and you have to be willing to quit what's not working in order to find out what does work. But when you're there, don't give up when it gets hard. Because when the work starts, that's when the growth begins. Kim, after these value bombs, I have zero doubt that Fire Nation wants to learn more about you. Like, what do you have going on? What can Fire Nation get involved with following you? I know you have a great Instagram account and you're doing some cool things there. Break it down for us. How can we learn more about you? How can we connect with you? Yeah, we are actually trying to do more on social media, but it's very hard because um, we're so busy making money. No, I'm teasing. <laughs> no, but actually it's true. <laughs> we are, we're too busy being successful, but I do. I, I'm on Instagram every single day. I'm known as the Sculpted Vegan on Instagram. I respond to every single comment on every single wow. post, and I respond to every single direct message that I'm And that's between counting all your money, right? Yes, between counting all my money. <laughs> all my diamonds. <laughs> no, truly, we had like 800 comments on a post on Saturday and we responded. I responded to every single one. I did it on the Stairmaster. Jeez. Two mornings, it took me two full hours to respond to every single person, even just a simple thank you. So if you want to like connect with me personally, Instagram is the way to do it. People are always really shocked when they get a reply from me. But I'm very committed to um, engaging with people. And then also just online, we have a website, thesculptedvegan.com. It's you know, it's, it's, it's fun and it's bright and it's energetic <laughs> it's and pretty, it's so pretty. it's pretty, but Instagram is where Instagram is where it's at for yeah. me. It's where, where you'll find me. That's personally. where it's at in life. Fire nation. If you've ever DM'd me, uh, you've gotten a personal message back usually. And this is something I'm sure you do from time to time, Kim, you get a voice message back from me. I love that little microphone feature. It's so cool. It's so handy. It's so quick. And it just makes people realize it's actually you, not just some virtual assistant ripping through all of it. Even better, I see the video, John. Oh, <laughs> you're, look at that. See? I do. I respond with the video a lot of times and people are really shocked. Really shocked. That's so cool. So Fire Nation, you're, you know this. 
You're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. You've been hanging out with KC and JLD today. So keep up the heat and head over to eofire.com. Just type Kim in the search bar and the show notes page will pop up with everything that we've been talking about today. Of course, check her out on Instagram, The Sculpted Vegan, the website, The Sculpted Vegan. And Kim, thank you for sharing these value truth bombs with Fire Nation today. For that, we salute you and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you so much for having me. This was absolutely amazing. I've enjoyed every minute. Hey, Fire Nation, today's value bomb content was brought to you by Kim. And if you're ready to rock your very own podcast, well, I have a free podcasting course where I teach you how to create, launch, and potentially even grow and monetize your podcast. So check it out, freepodcastcourse.com. I'll catch you there or I'll catch you on the flip side. When it comes to hiring, background checks are a must and TransUnion Shareable for Hires enables immediate access to employment screening tools that deliver reports in minutes. Start your on-demand screening at shareable.com slash fire and use code onfire50 at checkout to save 50% on your first screening. The biggest needle mover in my business, funnels. The software I use to build my funnels, click funnels, no question. Visit eofire.com slash click to start your free 14-day trial today. That's eofire.com slash click.